Headline Hollywood. Entertainment cronies and cinema elitists hand out awards for excellence in moving pictures. Sometimes the winners don't hold up to the test of time, so we're here in the future to tell them how they got it wrong. This is Switch the Envelope. Welcome to Switch the Envelope, the podcast about movies because movies. My name is Corey. What the fuck? I'm switching it up, man. <laughs> and I'm Jeff. How you doing, Jeff? I'm fantastic, except for that switch up that you just did on our intro. I, I think that's my new intro. I like it. All right. I like it. You didn't go over that in our pre-production meeting? I wanted and... to, you know, I like to surprise you with it. That's cool. New, that's new cool. intros, I like to just throw it in there. Awesome. I could have done it in Espanol if you'd like. <laughs> You did that to me one time, and it pissed me off. Por qué cinema? Because I didn't know it was coming, and then I started laughing. <laughs> oh, nobody ever knows when I'm coming, Jeff. Uh, I'll leave that alone. <clears throat> yeah, cut that. Uh, what do we have on the docket today, Jeff? We got a little news. We're going to revisit last week's topic for a few minutes. Okay. Because some things were missed. Last week, we did best fights ever. Yes. And then um, we're gonna we, we we forgot some you know if you're if you're on our social media you'll see that we forgot a few of the greatest fights of all time and then we are also gonna go into our topic our topic today Corey do you want to tell everybody our topic for the day oh dream sequels you'll just score that right just dreams dream I mean you're you're actually taking sequels. you're taking this an actual song oh, can we not use that. No, we cannot. All right. Well, we're going to be doing uh, our dream sequels. Movies that didn't get a sequel that we would have loved to have seen and how we would do it. Have you ever had a movie out there that you thought, I want to see the sequel to this movie? This this story needs to continue. And you've, But it's never been made. That's what Corey and I are going to talk about tonight. So it actually might frustrate you a little bit because we may come across a movie that you will think, I want this made now. Needs to be. Corey, maybe the people that are out there that are screenwriters are going to hear us. Maybe. Make the movie, and then we will be responsible for a Hollywood movie. Not a maybe, a will be, Jeff. They're definitely going to do that. You know what? Uh, going into our news section, Netflix just uh, unfortunately laid off a bunch of writers. Yes. And so, yeah, there's going to be a lot of people out there that are looking for new ideas, new pathways. Take one of these ideas. Give us partial credit. Tell we ask. Switch the news. So um, I'd like to let everybody know. Our show is not what you'd call daily. Um, no, it is not. Or live. At all. We do have a delay on our show. It's because Corey likes to cuss a lot, so I have to have the buzzer. So our news that we do has to be a little delayed. Uh, about a week. About a week, No, about three days. About three days. Eh, give or take. So when give or we take give, a month. <laughs> yeah, it's about three days. Depending on whether or not my computer crashes and we have to shut down the entire studio and I have to update my entire system. Or if uh, my entire household gets COVID except for me. Exactly. You know, sometimes life happens. So if our news is a little behind the times, then, I don't know, deal with it? Netflix, Corey. Netflix is going through a tough time right now. They lost a bunch of subscribers, probably due to the fact that uh, the majority of the subscribers that signed up during the pandemic are now just jumping off. Not enough new new on the Netflix to uh, chill with, I guess. And then they started telling everybody that they were going to charge extra for password sharing and uh, 
They were going to up the prices, and everybody was just like, you know what? Deuces. So their stock fell, subscribers fell, and things are looking pretty bad for Netflix. It's actually kind of serious and sad. And they recently just laid off a bunch of writers. Reported by Variety, this year, all streaming services and media services in Hollywood had their biggest year ever, Hmm. including guys like Netflix's Reed Hastings. Hmm. Well, not now. No, this is today. (laughs) Oh. This is reported. (laughs) These guys are all, so Bob Iger Mm -hmm. at Disney. Made $445.9 million. Reed Hastings, $40 million. Rupert Murdoch, $31 million. They all got huge paydays. Consider this, too, like with uh, Bob Iger. The, the, the entire resorts division of that company was shut down for like 400 days. Yeah, but Bob Iger's making all his money off of Disney+. Plus. Yeah, that, that goes to show you how much uh, return on investment to this new media that they're getting, that they can take home that much of a payday and basically shut down one of their larger divisions of the company completely for a year and a half. That's insane. Yep. (laughs) Okay. Hot dog. And that was Switch the News. Moving on. All right, so there was a tremendous amount of fight sequences that we did not touch on. Uh, We we did get somebody on, on Twitter, at Movie Lover's, Unite. Oh, it's John. Movie Lovers Unite. Our friend. Our friend John. Yep. He he sent us uh, his favorite action sequence. I just want to share because I watched it and it's dope as shit. Uh, and that is Jet Li versus the twins in the movie Kiss of the Dragon. And this takes place. Yes, I know this movie. In like a office? Question mark? Yes, but this is Jet Li uh, doing his thing. Yeah. It's so crisp this fight choreography yeah and there's only like one portion where he's holding a dummy that like feels off from the rest of it but the rest of it is so lightning quick super tight fight choreography really nice use of the space there's a bunch of glass everywhere in these like cubicles that they continue to break and then they utilize the glass to like hit each other with it stuck into their hands and stuff it's super dope so check that out thanks john for Submitting that. Now, what we did not get in there, which should have been in there, is Karate Kid. You know, uh, I was thinking about this. Yeah, yeah we, we missed a, a yeah. big one right there. Daniel LaRusso and Johnny Lawrence should have been in there. Yeah, especially on your your selection, too. Yeah, they you absolutely love that movie. Number fucking one. Yeah, well, it wasn't ranked, but... Dude, the crane kick. Come on. Yeah. Swoop How many the kids leg. did the crane kick when they absolutely. were kids? Absolutely. Absolutely, and it's it's incredibly iconic, and we apologize for not including it. You know what else should have been in there? Hmm. Daniel Russo in part two, <laughs> just all of the Karate Kid series. No, because I wouldn't have put Daniel, Daniel Larusso in part three when oh. he fights when he fights. Drago. I can't remember, huh? Drago. <laughs> That's in part three, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, no, no. I wouldn't have put I will the, sweep you. the third, the third. Uh, the third movie, but no. part one and part two, oh, so great. The entire thing, just that all goes lumped together. No, 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 no. <laughs> you have to switch the Daniel Russo and the and the Johnny Lawrence one. That is that is its own thing. Right, crane kick. First time we see that, absolutely. And then the, the second uh, one is with, the, with the with the paddles, paddles. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and you know, I I really wanted to get in Atomic Blonde's ten minute single shot 
fight sequence through an entire apartment building. You mentioned this now three times, Eastern Europe. That didn't make the episode. It was on the episode. We cut it. I referenced that I was going to reference this episode, and then we cut it for time. No, I didn't cut it for time. I cut it because we didn't reference an actual fight. Oh, well, she fights everybody, and Charlize Theron is amazing in that movie. Go watch Atomic Blonde. Now, the other one that was not mentioned that we need to mention, epic fight scene, Fast Five. The first time Vin Diesel and The Rock fight. Epic fight scene. They're in Brazil. One of the best fight scenes in a Fast and Furious movie. <laughs> it feels like a low bar. Feels feels a Isn't little low. Hey, Jeff. Did you know that stress is the number one cause of male erectile dysfunction? It's true. It has to be, Corey, because we are the hosts of a successful podcast called Switch the Envelope, and we would never give out false information. No, we cannot and would not, Jeff. Corey, you know what does not cause erectile dysfunction? No. What, Jeff? Combos. Why, yes. Yes, you're right. Combos will not, not decrease your ability to have sexual intercourse. That's right. Combos, not not stopping you from having sex since the early 80s. Combos. Now we're going to move on to our topic. Yeah, sequels that we wish we could make. There really should have been a sequel to Galaxy Quest. I could see that, definitely. Right? A sequel to Galaxy Quest. Galaxy Quest, and I, I think the majority of the internet will agree with me, is one of the best movies of all time. I would not I would not agree with that, but I would say it's a very entertaining movie. Oh, it is one of my favorite movies of all time. The cast is amazing. I would have loved to have seen, you know, Alan Rickman by Grabthar's Hammer in it again. <laughs> okay, wait. Let me pause you for a second. Which is better, the Orwell or Galaxy Quest? Galaxy Quest. Really? Yeah. I love yeah. the Orwell, too, but Galaxy Quest... Galaxy Quest is better in that it's so meta about it about what that fandom and yeah because this is know, pre-comic-con like, yeah, yeah it's, this is when it was all just the the trekkies and the and the star trek cons and the yeah this is before fan before it was even. cool yeah. to be uh, going to conventions yeah where and it it struck this nerve where if you knew you knew <laughs> and uh, i think that's that's why uh, the significant portion of uh, us internet nerds uh, like me really love this movie because it feels like it spoke sort of to us. We were all Justin Long waiting for our favorite sci-fi actor to, you know, hit us up on a, <laughs> on a, you know, a, a command link or a comm link or something like that to help save the galaxy, right? It's a dream come true for all of us, you know, nerds out here. But I would have loved to have seen a sequel. How that sequel would have been different, I don't know. That's, that's, because that's really the, the crux of our topic today is like you want it you want a sequel it's your dream sequel but like what's the spin how do you make how do you make that sequel what's the story what's what's the spin on it do okay. we continue to follow tim allen i don't think we need to right he sort of told his story he got you through all of that story like perhaps it's justin, justin long, long yeah i knew you're gonna go and his that. friends then become sort of the de facto new crew that gets sent up to help and uh, you know because they're the experts and maybe there's uh, more of an internet connection where the aliens got the you know they went on to some of these blogs and figured out uh, you know that they were the experts to to come to that had all the specs and knew all the ins and outs and whatnot and so they take them the from the fan perspective Galaxy Quest right 
and then they get to live out their fan dream of being a crew member aboard a starship that they are a fandom of and save the galaxy for real. I think that that could be a good spin. No? I'm not feeling that. I see you shaking your head. I'm not feeling that. All right. Scratch that. It's just just Sam Rockwell. Okay. (laughs) And he has an adventure in space. Okay. But he's without the rest of the crew. I think it doesn't work unless you have Tim Allen. No? Yeah, I'm thinking you go full reunion, full crew, obviously, without Alan Rickman. But unless you go full crew, you don't have a show. Maybe that's that's the that's half of it, right? Like he's gotta try to figure out how to contact all of the old cast members that have gone now their separate ways where they're not relying on the convention circuit because their careers have blossomed again. Okay. And maybe Justin Long is sort of there too. I don't know. Okay. I could dig it. You got a movie? I actually do. Okay. But it's not gonna be the type of movie that you assume. Okay. Okay, so it's going to be a movie that, from my childhood... Just yours. Just mine. Not okay, yours, right. but mine. Um, Labyrinth. You weren't allowed to see it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Wasn't allowed to see it. Boogie Nights. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. This is a movie that was very, very uh, important to me as a kid, and I don't know why. Just a, it's a, one of those nostalgic movies. Stand By Me. Oh, yeah. Rob Reiner, River Phoenix, Kiefer Sutherland, uh, Richard Dreyfus. How many more can I say? The way you do this movie, at the end of the movie, they sum up the movie of what happens to everybody. Right. But we are left with a feeling of uncertainty. Verno and Teddy just go off and he never sees them again. The narrator states that Chris Chambers, his best friend, dies trying to do the right thing when he gets older, when he's breaking up a bar fight. I mean, and we all know that the one who plays that character is River Phoenix. Yes. In real life, he dies young. Yeah. Which is very sad. Uh, main character played by Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. Yeah, he plays, uh, he plays um, Gordy. Other characters played by... Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman. And... Jerry O'Connell. Jerry O'Connell. Great movie. Fat, and... fat Jerry O'Connell. <laughs> fat Jerry he O'Connell. Is, now he's very good. He's very, very, very slender, svelte. muscular. Svelte. Yeah, now. They also actually had uh, John Cusack was in this movie. Is John Cusack in that movie? John Cusack's in this movie. He plays the older brother who passes away in a car accident. Richard Dreyfus is the narrator of this movie. Yeah, he's Gordy. He also is. This movie is. It's supposed to be Gordy grown up. He's old Gordy. He's old Gordy yeah. with his children, which I'm going to get to in a second. Okay. Kiefer Sutherland also stars in this movie as the town bully with his best friend Eyeball, which is a great name. Yeah, Kiefer Sutherland. So what I would like to do in the sequel is have Gordy's kids. Mm-hmm. I like to have Gordy's kids in like the 90s do a coming of age story. And, but transplant the 50s to the 90s or even the okay. 80s and show it like this coming-of-age story of the kids coming up and having a similar story and show what happens to everybody in that town of Castle Rock. Because if you, if you remember, this is actually a Stephen King book. Right. I would love to see Stephen King-type script about what happens to these kids and have something dark like this is where they're going to, they're going to find a dead body. What, what if... What if- the dead body that they encounter is actually older Chris after he's been stabbed. That's a good twist. Right. Or, but they don't know that it's Chris. Or if you make it like a, because he and Gordy have, have fallen apart over the years. Right. Chris went down a different path than Gordy did. That's exactly what does happen. Yeah. And so his kids, Gordy's kids, but in the original one, he's stabbed in a bar. Yeah, but then he could stumble out to the woods and 
die okay. in the woods, right? I was thinking we could make it one of his friends, so like Teddy or Verno. Or they encounter him as he's dying and he goes on part of the adventure with them. Okay. And honestly, Stand By Me, yeah, it, it is It is absolutely one of those films where like, I kind of want to just live in this cinematic world a lot more. Absolutely. Yeah, I definitely want to see more from Castle Rock, which is the town where they yeah, live yeah. in. So, um, yeah, I just want to see something more from that town. Yeah, fun times. I like it. I like it. Okay, Corey, give me another one. All right. <clears throat> so I'm going to I'm gonna push into something that you're going to immediately be like, but there's a bunch of sequels to this. But that's but why I didn't pick a couple. No, see, here's the thing. It's the spin that makes it unique and outside of what all of the sequels have been. Hey, Switches. Jeff here. The next movie Corey was going to do on our topic of sequels to movies that don't have sequels was to do a sequel to a Marvel movie. Let that sink in, and you'll know why we cut this one. I'm just saying, MCU rom-com centering around people, not superheroes, people that have have to deal with the uh, the blip. If happened. I have a veto buzzer, I'm going to throw this out there. <laughs> Can I move on to mine? Because when you... Ha- I- it's a type of sequel that I would like to see that Marvel will never do. <laughs> okay, so Corey, I'm going to give you some time to think of your next one. Okay. Yeah, I got one more in so, the chamber, but... Cool. So I'll, I'll I got you. one right now I'm just going to go for. From the greatest actor of all time, Keanu Reeves. <laughs> you want a point break uh, sequel? No. Although, just because you say that... Parenthood sequel? No. The Replacements. Oh, Okay. I want a sequel to The Replacements. At the end, now for anybody out there that doesn't know, The Replacements is a jokey, funny football movie mm-hmm. in which a group of uh, second string, maybe minor league. Uh, like barely athletes, some some of them. <laughs> no, they're all athletes, but they're minor league. Like uh, some guys played in high school, some guys played in college. Yeah. Uh, football players. Amateur were brought, athletes. Amateur, amateur, some are professional, some are were brought in to, to cross a picket line and play on a football team while there was a football strike. Yeah, it was a player, player association strike. Yeah, so they replaced the players, hence the name, the, the replacements. replacements. They replaced the players with a with scabs or whatever. Mm-hmm. At the end of the movie, they play one last game, and they know that that's their last game. Right. And you never find out what happens to any of them. They never say what happens to any of them. They never say what where they're going to do. They literally just say that all of them just go back to their jobs. That's not good enough for me. <laughs> I want to know what happens to Keanu Reeves' character. I want to know if he gets together with the cheerleader. I want to know if... On his, if, on his houseboat? Yeah. Does I want to know live if... live on a houseboat in it? I think he lives on a boat boat, and he cleans the house, houseboats. Mm-hmm. Okay. I want to know what happens to the Ole 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 guy. <laughs> I want to know what happens to everybody. Yeah, what, what happens to the 7-Up guy? I know, what happens to the 7-Up guy? What happens to Orlando Jones? Right. What, what, is, what does he do after the one season of football? I know, I want to know. I'm very curious what happens. So, in my opinion, okay. okay, so what I feel would happen if I was going to spin this movie and make it into a sequel. Keanu Reeves, right? He's a hitman. <laughs> the entire time he's been a hitman. <laughs> yeah, he's been living undercover. And but he can't stop by burying all of his stuff underneath his his basement and putting concrete on top of it. Right? Well, he lives on a boat. Okay. So, he stopped living on his boat. Oh, okay. 
He's moved. He took. And the, he's got he a took dog. The money. He's got a dog. And he's took, mad when somebody kills his dog. Yeah, he took the money that he made being the starting quarterback. <laughs> from, no, 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 no. I'm just kidding. Uh, We're just oh, kidding. Okay. okay, okay. So it's not John Wick. It's John Wick Two. <laughs> <laughs> what I would want to do for a sequel for this movie is I want to see what happens then. I want to see a movie where I want to see him go to the FBI and actually stop some some bank robbers in wait, Los Angeles. Wait, no, no, no. We're we're doing Point Break. That's mm. yeah. Okay. okay. No, no, no. no, no. Right. New, new idea. New idea. Shane no. Falco. So I want Shane Falco. I want to see him go to like an NFL team and actually play the guy who was a dick to him on the other team, mm-hmm. and actually turn it into kind of like a like a like a sports movie. So like he gets picked up for a, a contract the next season. Yeah, absolutely. And may, maybe a couple of the other guys. Yeah. Get, get like signed to practice squads or whatever, and then at one point they all have to play again in another game against the dickhead actual players. Yeah, and make it about football. Like, make it a great football. Like, one, of, you know one of those, like, Kevin Costner movies where it's, like, half about love and half about the sport? Draft day. Draft day, or, like, uh, <laughs> for, for the love, love of, of the game. game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One of those movies. Any game given movies. Sunday type of movie for the Any given Sunday has nothing to do with love. It is all sports. That's true. It's, it's all sports. Yeah, uh, Replacements 2. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> a sequel. Sure, sure. All right, Corey, what else you got in there? All right, my final one. Final? Ah, oh, shit. We, we got to fill like six hours here. I think we got enough time. <laughs> really? I thought we were like the Joe Rogan podcast. No, so we, got like six, we, like... we got like 45 minutes of news and uh, recapping That's last That's going to be down like two minutes, uh, man. All right. Uh, my final one here is a movie that is near and dear to my childhood that I would love to see more of this even though there was a TV series that was kind of a spinoff of this idea, right? I didn't watch the TV series, so if my sequel idea is covered in the TV series, I'm still not going to watch the TV series. <laughs> but that's Stargate, Jeff. Yeah, there's a lot of lot going on in the TV series, man. I'm sure. I'm sure there is. But this is a great one. I love this. But you, you we, we talked about like people sort of being unresolved, they get left off in a situation where you don't know the end of their story. Yeah. James Spader stays behind on the other planet. Yeah. Right? Uh, Kurt Russell and all the military guys go back. James Spader stays behind. Like, what's that story now? He is, he's an earthling now on a different planet where he's learning their language, learning their culture. He's fallen in love. Like, where, where does his next chapter of his adventure go? You know, I, I love that this movie is one of the few movies where James Spader isn't a bad guy, and I don't, I don't have to despise him through the entire movie because he's so yeah, good true. at being a bad guy, you know, or being just sort of a general asshole. Like he plays that really well, and you know, he's he's super endearing in, in this movie, and yeah, you know, he learns that language really quickly. So there's like a bit of a like, thanks, Roland Emmerich, you you got solid plot there, but. I loved this movie as a kid, and I would have loved to have seen more of it on the big screen. Okay. Right? The Stargate SG-1 and whatnot, like, I feel like at the time, we weren't quite caught up to the TV quality being uh, being able to stand up next to movie quality at that time that it was out, right? So I, that's why I'm mostly hesitant to, like, jump into the Stargate SG-1 and the Stargate Atlantis and stuff. So I just feel like... We're at a point now in our media history where a TV show or limited series is just as good, if not better, than a lot of movies. And, you know, like everything's kind of at the same level now. 
as far as like uh, execution and special effects and uh, caliber of talent and all that kind of stuff, right? So if they were to make the TV series now, I probably would watch it in a heartbeat. But I would really have loved to have seen like carry on James Spader or even like that Stargate. Like maybe they have to come back. So you see a little bit of James Spader story and then uh, Kurt Russell comes back to get James Spader because they realize that if they unlock different runes, it takes them to different spots, probably the way they do in the TV series. But there are other pyramids all around the world that are unexplained, right? There's pyramids in Mexico. There's pyramids in Africa. There's pyramids. Well, in, they're not unexplained. Asia. It's just. Well, no, 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 no. But I mean, like very similar structures that all happen around the globe where those cultures didn't have access to those other cultures, but they all made the same thing, right? There's enough mythos there that I think you could probably take it into a different location and have like the, you know, oh, this, this is like Ra was a part of a race of aliens that is trying to conquer thing, and their whole thing is these pyramids, right? You could have linked them all together like that. I don't know if the TV series covers that probably does because it seems like the logical choice but they would have to go back and get james spader and then like you know help him crack the code or he would help them crack the code and then save other civilizations in the universe that are similar to civilizations that they're familiar with on earth mm-hmm. right i think that that would have been cool just to carry on that that whole that whole thing i would have loved to have seen more stargate films they had planned on it and then they didn't it got turned into tv series for the sci-fi channel, I think. And again, back then, sci-fi channel, like I love you, but <laughs> the quality is is just not the movie, right? It's it's not it's not quite there. I have one more, okay, that I've always wanted more of. And that would be pulp fiction. How do you sequel pulp fiction? Well, first of all, uh I don't think we need to explain to everybody what pulp fiction is. No. Everybody knows what Pulp Fiction is. Everyone knows what Pulp Fiction is. Now, Pulp Fiction is broken down into several stories. Mm -hmm. Two of the stories you cannot sequel because you have two characters that are not around anymore. No, but the whole thing is told out of order, so you could still have those characters just in different time. You could. But really, John uh, Travolta's character, you'd have to do prequel. Mm -hmm. But that's one way to go. How do these guys end up where they're at now? How do they become the hitmen that they are? How they because the, the how does starts Marcellus right Wallace in the middle, gr- like grow to power? Yeah. So yeah. I would always like to know when does he meet Uma Thurman? Well, you see her meet. You see him meet Uma Thurman. No, no, no. Uh, Marcellus Wallace. Oh uh, yeah, it's, I'm it's not so wife. much. I'm not so much about that. I'm more interested in like, um. So Samuel L. Jackson, mm-hmm. you never see what happens to him. It's true. He talks about how he's going to quit. He kind and of he's going to walk the earth. Disappears. He says, I'm going to quit and I'm going to walk yeah. the earth. I'm just going to be Jules. Yeah. And I'm just going to walk the earth. Never find out what happens to him. Bruce Willis, he just rides off into the sunset. Never find out what's happening to him. Yeah. He's got all these people on him. All these people are going to kill him. Marcellus Wallace just is like, yeah, we're cool. But then the people that are still after him for money and stuff, you have no idea what's going on. It's true. It's true. The two uh, people that try and rob the cafe. Yeah. Like, do they do they go on and like rob a cafe five five days later? Do they like whatever happens to these people? Do they die in a? Don't they die in the gun in the shootout? No, no, they don't. I don't no, remember what he gives them, to he them? gives them a bunch oh, of money and he tells them to and leave. lets them leave. Yeah, hmm. Yeah, what what do they do? Yeah, do they have this whole like uh, natural born killers? Do yeah. they go on a ro- like a natural born killers type road trip? Possibly, right? Yeah. 
No, that's interesting. I, I would uh, I would be very interested to see a continuation of those stories. Honestly, though, I'd rather see a prequel. Where Jules and Vincent, how they got into into the life and, and just right. see them. When did they become hitman partners? Yeah. Yeah. I would love to see that. You know what? That story. You know what would be interesting? Because of the disjointed way in which that story is told, instead of bouncing around on the same timeline, the sequel could bounce back and forth between a sequel timeline and a prequel timeline at the same time. That'd be good. That'd be good. And that way it's sort of it's sort of skirting around both sides of the original movie. So there's events that lead up to what happens in Pulp Fiction, and there's stuff that is the result of Pulp Fiction. To be honest, what I would like to see is a sequel movie or movies that tie several of his movies together. Mm -hmm. So you'd have a movie where, yes, you've got a prequel to Pulp Fiction, but you interject Mr. Pink and Mr. (laughs) Blonde and Mr. Black, all those guys from Reservoir Dogs, into the Pulp Fiction storyline. I feel like there's a TV series, like a Quentin Tarantino TV series here too. Possibly. (laughs) You know, where he could extend all of his universes into six part, because you know that he could write it, right? You know he could could figure out a way to make six episodes. You could definitely... You could definitely mix Hateful Eight and Django Django Unchained. Yeah. Because the Hateful Eight was originally started as a sequel to Django Unchained. So it would I would love to see it actually done that way. The, if you're listening out there, screenwriters, uh, specifically Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> like extend extend your movie universes. It would be awesome. I wonder if uh Samuel Jackson's character was supposed to be Django. That's interesting. Maybe. Huh. I I I, I bet you know. he was supposed to be Django because in that movie, Samuel Jackson says, "I had everybody out here looking for me. People always come out here. Bounty hunters are always out here looking for me." All right. Well, then let's just let's just fan theory that as as fact. Okay. So Samuel Jackson is supposed to be Django. Samuel Jackson is Django. Maybe he's changed his name. He's on the lam. He's you know he's changed his identity a little bit for this particular instance. We don't know why, because we need a series to fill in those gaps. Remember, he's supposed to have a letter from Abraham Lincoln. It's fake. But he's supposed to have a letter from Abraham Lincoln right. because he was such a marksman, and, and maybe that's something he would have done when the when Civil War broke out, knowing that he had already taken down an entire plantation. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm down for it. I'm down for it. Those those movies are linked. Yes. Got it. Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs are linked. So how do we Fucking link? Throw, throw Jackie Kill... Brown in there too. Oh, Jackie Brown is absolutely linked to Pulp Fiction. Yeah, throw throw all those those in together. Kill Bill. How do we link Kill Bill with Pulp Fiction? I mean, they're all assassins. Maybe they come from this like they're just a a different assassin pool from the. So okay, every every assassin company, <laughs> right? Because they 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 seem like they work for somebody who sends them out on. On assignments, maybe, right? Maybe it feels Bill, more corporate. Maybe Bill is like, you know how they always have those assassin generals like sitting around a table? Yeah. Maybe Bill sits around with Marcellus Wallace. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Like yeah. They, they, it's like a, like they're part of an assassin union. <laughs> <laughs> they're regional. You know, they, they can't, they can't uh, be hit people on- The assassins on, 241. Yeah, yeah. There, there's, there's, you know, there's a union code and you can't- kill anybody on somebody else's territory you're like oh i'm sorry like that that belongs to so and so's assassin union 478 you know 
Absolutely. Yeah, you can link those together. All I right. mean, Michael Madsen could actually be Mr. Black. And Legitimately, yeah. And be the one in Kill Bill. And be the cobra or the rattlesnake or whatever the fuck snake he is. Yeah. The diamondback? I forget which snake No, diamondback is, is the... Uh, Who's the the actress that plays? Oh, it's um, it's yeah. Viv- Vivica A. Fox. Vivica Fox. Vivica A. Fox. Yeah, I was hoping, uh, she, I was I'm pretty sure she's Diamondback, because she makes a comment about how she's not Black Mamba and she should have been Black Mamba. Right. Yeah. No. I. They, they're all. They're all very much connected. I think uh, we just fan theoried ourselves into the most epic Quentin Tarantino verse t- TV series. Okay, before we wrap up our episode, we're going to do something we haven't done in a couple of years. And we're going to dedicate this episode to Mr. Samuel L. Jackson. And Jeff, why would we be dedicating this episode to Sam Jackson? Because he's a bad motherfucker. (laughs) Yes. Yes, he is. Because we were just talking about movies like Pulp Fiction. Yes. He makes his... Not his debut, but one of his debuts he makes in one of my favorite movies, Coming, Coming to America. To America. <laughs> <laughs> Where yes. in that movie, he's also a bad motherfucker. He is. Uh, I mean, he, he gets, and he's in Hitman's Bodyguard. He is. That's a fun, real, real fun movie. Great movie. Yeah. He's fucking Shaft. He's goddamn jewels. You know, he, he's in one of the best diehard movies of all time actually yes one of the best or the best and honestly i ju- i just recently saw this movie did you again like not for the first time like i saw i watched it again it it uh it, it came across the the amazon prime and i was like fuck yeah i'm gonna watch Die Hard with a vengeance yeah absolutely and he is the best part of any diehard movie yeah <laughs> like i'm sorry alan rickman like you were you were you were holding that that mantle until Sam Jackson came into the franchise. His team yeah. up with Bruce Willis is great. I would have loved to have seen all of the subsequent diehards just be him and or just more movies with those two in them. Yeah, they could have done a whole you know, like a Martin and Lewis thing. Yeah, you know? team up. Absolutely. Do do a string of 8 movies where it's just Samuel Jackson and Bruce Willis. They definitely work well off each other. They do. They do. It's so fun. So, so yeah. that's why we're dedicating this episode to Sam Jackson. Thank you, Sam, for all for all your work. Uh, we we hope you enjoy this honor that we will bestow onto you for every episode uh, after this as well. Yes, <laughs> as is tradition. Sorry, Sam Elliott. Yeah, you you had your run. It's fine. <laughs> your mustache is still glorious, though. Yes. All right. Uh, listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, recommend us to your friends. Let let them know uh, how much you enjoy the show. That really 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 help us out a lot. Uh, you can like and subscribe. Or like and review, I should say. Like, review. like, like it. Wherever like you uh, uh, listen to podcasts, that helps uh, people you don't know know that you know how cool it is that we know that you, you, you get it. You get it. You yeah. get it. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Switch the Envelope and follow us on Twitter at Switch Envelope. All right, go do the voodoo that you do do so well. Go see some movies, and we will see you later, Switches. See you later, Switches. Switch the Envelope is a Riff Laugh production. Switch the Envelope is written by Jeff and Corey. Switch the Envelope is mixed at Studio 85. Switch the Envelope is filmed in front of a live studio audience. Switch the Envelope does not endorse any products that we sell. We simply use them or cannot use them because they no longer exist. See you later, Switch.